we're recording. So, welcome to another episode of Before the Crowd. Um, I normally say what number it is, but I don't actually know what number I'm up to now. So just insert episode number here. <laughs> it's fine. So I'm sat here this week with a really good friend of mine, actually, Ryan Wilson. Um, so Ryan and I, uh, we studied together at university. We worked in various bands and projects over the years. And uh, both of us have worked and, and working within music education. So um, what we're going to be talking about today with Ryan is just um, a little bit about teaching, how it can impact different musicians, how it impacts the tutors, ourselves. Uh, sort of a subject around that. I know Ryan's got a couple of things he wants to discuss. And of course, we're going to be talking about music, playing, gigs, maybe some stories that Ryan can bring to the table as well. So uh, welcome, Ryan Wilson, to the show. Hi, guys. I, uh, well, intro music person here. Are you still using that? I am, yeah. yeah. I haven't. I didn't even say that. Yeah. <laughs> well, go on. You can. You can yeah. Go. So uh, the uh, the intro song for Guy's podcast is actually one of my older projects. Uh, so you guys have been hearing me play since he started this podcast, which is always a little interesting to bit. So yeah, intro <laughs> podcast music guy here. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool because that was like when I wanted to get. The sort of I don't like the term jingle, but that sort of that intro theme for the podcast. Yeah, I thought about different ones. I was like, oh, maybe I'm gonna write one, or maybe. But then I was like, I don't want to just program it. I actually want a live band, a live recording. Well, not a live recording. You know, an, an actual band that's gone into the studio. Yeah, absolutely. To get that feel. <laughs> so I'm just watching you take your shoes off. <laughs> I don't know. That's fair enough. We knew this would be a good one. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what's gonna happen in this episode. Oh, I, I don't want to. I don't like. You got a wooden floor. Like if I stamp on this floor, it's I'm gonna just, be quite loud. Just, you know, suck on my own. This is gonna be fun. <laughs> well, at least one water. Ooh, yeah, not yeah, anything water stronger. Works. Water, oh, don't even go there, please. No, whilst we're working. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, uh, guy and I have worked in a multitude, a multitude. I'm bringing out the big words now, boys. Uh, we've worked in a multitude of different projects, uh, both together uh, and apart, obviously. Um, we've even been on tour together. Yeah, that was 20, 2017, I think. That was like the first kind of UK tour, which was, I think, I couldn't speak for, for both of us, it was a big learning, uh, <laughs> big learning experience, <laughs> but we'd... No, wait, so you just, because I was a year above you at uni, so you yeah. just finished BIM at that point, yeah. and I'd finished UCL yeah. that That's summer, that. and then we went, Yeah. right? Yeah. That, that tour was the first thing I did after I finished uni. Yeah. That was the first thing I did. So I, I pretty much came out of uni, uh, which is about July, and then <laughs> two months later, we were, I think we were in Liverpool. Or was that a bit later? No, that was the first gig, I think. Was that the first gig? No, actually, no, the start of it, we started in, we, because we kind of staggered it, so we had the, we, we released a single mm-hmm. at uh, the Camden Assembly for Kinky. Oh, yeah, we should probably mention who the band is as well, actually, carrying on. Yeah, so that was, <laughs> well, Ryan's still playing with them, actually. I, I, I left the band a little while ago when I kind of went away. Uh, but that was with Ollie Barton and the movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, yeah, it was 2017, that's 2017. Tour. 2017. Because I remember doing that tour actually. So when we went, I don't know if I ever told you this. So we we did two dates in London, and then I went away to Portugal for about oh. ten days, and then I came I came back on the Thursday at 
whatever time it was, like late Thursday afternoon, and then I had to, I had one night in London, and then at 5am the next day, we, we caught the coach up to Liverpool. Oh my god. Yeah. I did wonder why you were tired. Oh, uh, I was just like, <laughs> I was so angry and just so, jo- uh, not angry, you know, cranky from, yeah, yeah, from yeah, lack yeah. of sleep. And yeah. I was like, I can't show them this. I was like, this is the first proper day. It's like, I've got to pretend to be human for the next few I, hours. I just remember, I just remember, because I think the bus to go there, we had we had to get the bus from Victoria. I think that was about, was that about seven? No, it was like Yeah, seven. no, was it, it was an early was that one. time. And I remember, like, because we were all we were all saying to each other the night before, like, remember to get some good night's sleep tonight, because otherwise you'll be tired. And I remember we all, we, every single one of us showed up there. I think there were 50% of us with a coffee in our hands. <laughs> well, we were actually on time. We were on time. Because I think it was just, so the other guitar player in the band, I think, like, there was something, the times got confused, or he was running late, or there was think, something, wasn't there? I think it was a train issue. Yeah. I recall it being a train issue because it was... Uh, transport. Transport, TFL. Uh, <laughs> we might sing the songs about TFL. Uh, <laughs> if you've ever heard of those ones. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that was, a, that was a public transport kind of thing. So I remember I left, I got the first train, first overground train. Like first thing in the morning. Yeah, it was really early. I, I think you're right. Very I don't think we train. went any later than seven o'clock. Um, but obviously that was that was like two years ago now, and so you've been, I say, like since coming out of university, an active player in that regard. Yeah. But you you've since moved from being just a player, well, you know, solely a performer. Yep. To actually moving into the realm of teaching. Yeah, absolutely. How did you find that initial transition of of changing the skill set or adapting your skill set? So a lot of what I felt that I had to do to make that work, because obviously for, for, th- for those that have seen me play live, they know that I'm a very, uh, shall we say, hyperactive person on stage. Um, <laughs> yeah. Somewhat on the jump cables, <laughs> I think is what I was described as being once. And uh, but before I go, bit of a tangent I know but it, it, it sort of explains my philosophy behind everything I do to do with music so okay. before I was a musician I was an actor mm. and when I did that I was specifically told on a regular basis every time we were looking into a new performance to do or anything like that mm-hmm. you have to entertain yeah I knew that every single person that saw me on stage that night would walk away saying so you make, you make yourself memorable. Absolutely. You keep yourself in people's minds. And I, I, I find that if I put that same mentality to teaching, I find that my students not only retain that information better, but also find it easier to teach that information to other people. So how have you found them? Because, like I know we've kind of discussed this before, that you've never had a formal like teacher training or educational training when it comes to teaching the guitar have mm-hmm. you found it's more uh like observing other teachers or observing different youtubers or just trying it for yourself and seeing what yeah, works absolutely so most most of the time when i was getting my still my skills together as a as a teacher was uh i, I would go through old material that i had learned when i was younger mm. and I would look at that and I would go, okay, so what is it about this 
that made it easy for me to grasp? Or how did I actually get this together? What was it I saw in this mm. to, to, to make sense of that? And it's that sort of, uh, I found that it was that sort of deconstructive thinking or critical thinking of how I learned that material. Right. Or, you know, how I've, how I've seen other people learn that material. Um, and then from there, it was, it was building experience from actually teaching students and seeing what pitfalls they go into. So you, so you identify, like, if you're teaching, um, like you said, string bending, and you find, okay, well, well, everybody initially goes to do this, and they don't get this particular mm -hmm. technique, mm -hmm. then you think, okay, so how can I counter that yeah. to make it that they don't have that pitfall, and yeah. instead, yeah. they just surpass it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So it, and then fr from there, you just sort of build up, uh, <laughs> I can't... I, I guess it's like a mental textbook. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a, a spiel, a, strip, a, a script for you yeah, to roll it's, off. It, it's, like a, it's like a trick bag, you know what I mean? So if, if, if I, I, went, I have like my script to introduce this technique to someone, mm. and then from there I have uh, you know, three or four different scripts to go down. Going back to the whole entertainment thing, I also have a different joke. <laughs> for everyone, I bet you do. I do. I seriously, <laughs> I, I, I do. do. I do. Like e even with chords, even with chords. When I'm teaching open chords, mm -hmm. uh, the, the, for for any of the musicians out there uh, or, or guitar players out there, uh, the first chord you typically learn on the guitar is an E chord. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's a pretty a pretty standard. It's yeah, pretty standard. That's an easy one. Typically, what uh, the way I explain it is I'll say to people, okay, well, you know, this is the most rock and roll chord in the world. Because it's, it's the exact same hand position when you put that on the guitar. So, so you're doing the, you're doing the, the devil horn thing yeah, now? Yeah, doing that devil horn. So you just demonstrate thing. the devil horns? Yeah. And then you, you literally take that, that um, Absolutely. what do you call it? That, Hand shape, I that guess. hand shape, yeah, and just shape. put it on the guitar. Yeah, I just like think of it. I'm thinking so much of a school of rock now. It's like, hello, <laughs> you got a bass, and like turn it on the side. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the do you get, do you get compared to that? A few of my students do call me Jack. Jack Black. They do yeah. call me Jack because uh, you know they'll come in and go, "Whoa, what's up, guys?" You know what I mean. So I, I sort of immediately explode <laughs> into this uh, high energy, high impact kind of kind of teaching style. Have you seen, just because I know we were going to tangent on this a lot, have you seen they're doing a, like obviously School of Rock, you have the, the movie back in however many years ago that was. Yes. You've got the West End show, obviously. Yeah. Um, shout out to James Trina as well for that. Well done. And also, uh, there's an American TV series. No way. Now, for School of Rock. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it's, it's really, uh, like high school, like, you got the lockers. It's all about like there's different gangs and like right. the jocks and the yeah, nerds yeah, and yeah, these, yeah, these yeah. like really stereotypical sort of groups in America. Yeah, absolutely. And it just looks so bizarre to see these actors doing that. You yeah. Know? But the, the, you know, so I, I the way I'm kind of picturing that in my head, and yeah, we are going on this tangent. We we we're already too deep. That's all cool. It's we're fine. already too deep. I'm kind of imagining. Have you ever seen like uh, the the Glee Club show? I think it was just called Glee. Yeah, yeah, okay, I've seen Glee. And we do like the, they do the musical numbers, of, they do a yeah. cover, but they yeah. make it their own. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly how I'm imagining it. That's exactly how I'm imagining it. I think it. you're probably, I don't think you're going to be wrong about that. Really? I, I haven't seen it, but I think it's, I think it would be the same. But it might be great. I mean, kind of curious. Love, people love Glee. I'm kind of curious. Glee was such a smash <laughs> hit, wasn't it? It so. was. It was a huge hit. It was a huge hit. It was, it was, it was, uh, <laughs> 
as, as a friend of mine used to say, it's what a high school musical wish it was. Uh, <laughs> I, I never, yeah, I never got into high school musical. It wasn't my thing. Was it, was it uh, Zac Efron? Yeah, Zac Efron and... Uh, that's all I remember. I think I saw the first one. <laughs> I think I saw the first one. I just, I seem to remember a pool party and a big... I don't know, people out there probably know. like tearing their hair out listening to this. <laughs> <thing about me. laughs> but I don't know. I just remember the basketball dance. That's gonna, that's gonna annoy, I know that's gonna annoy people. Yeah, I don't know what I know is. that's gonna annoy people. <laughs> there was just, uh, basically, like, there was this entire song, and all I remember from it, that there's this guy with a huge afro, and he's wearing, uh, like, the, the proper, um, the, the jersey and the, the jersey yeah. and that kind of stuff. And if I recall, the, 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 the song starts in the middle of a basketball game. Of course, right. Because of course it does. <laughs> and, Halfway through, the dance kind of erupts <laughs> to like the, I guess it's like a playground, but there's tables everywhere. I'm, I'm not, I guess it's courtyard. Let's go with courtyard. Courtyard, courtyard sounds close. And it kind of ends with the entire school losing their minds on top of these tables and they're swinging each other around. And, but it's all about like staying focused on the basketball game. It's very strange. I think that's what School of Rock will be. I think you're right. I think that's what it's going to be. That, if that's that, that glee high school musical kind yeah. of style. Um, I'm, I'm morbidly curious. I actually remember talking, like, kind of segueing back into teaching now. Yeah. I um, uh, I can't remember what what the reference was exactly, but I remember teaching a kid, and he was only about ten years old, and I was like, oh, it's like that scene in in, in the movie School of Rock, because they were like, oh yeah, School oh, of Rock, no, School don't, of Rock. You're gonna make for really old. Man. But he was he was like, what what's School of Rock? He was like, that's the show, and I was like, yeah, but it was a movie, and he was like, what? And like, yeah. he'd never heard of it, he'd never seen it, and like, yeah. I googled it, and I think it was about ten years old. I was like, yeah. oh my god, like, two thousand three, that movie came out. Yeah, like this kid wasn't even born. Yeah. When School of Rock, and I was like, oh my god, yeah. it's so strange. But I, I've been a tenacious, well, probably around the time School of Rock came out, so 2003, I, because of School of Rock, I, mm. well, actually, my brother introduced me to Tenacious D, and I remember we tricked, um, we tricked our mum into buying the album <laughs> because we didn't, I don't know why we couldn't buy it or something, or we. Because it's 18 plus? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Well, and, but we said to her, we were like, oh, she was like, what's this? And it's for. You know the first album cover, and it's like, like a winged demon. Yeah, yeah. And then there's Jack and Kyle with the yeah. acoustic guitars, and they're naked on yeah, it. Yeah. She was like, "What's this?" We were like, "Oh, like you're gonna really like this. It's fine." <laughs> and then just the the obscene language on it. She was like, "What have you made me buy?" And that was my like, that was the, the the kind of trick we did to get that album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Similar thing happened to me. With Tenacious D or a different yeah. album? Yeah, same album, same album. Because my my brother was ten years older than me. Yeah. Okay. So, I can't even remember when that album came out now, but... It's like 2001, I think. Something it was like around that. that time. Something like that. And, and my, my brother was always really into... Well, he was, he was into a lot of different types of music. Mm. So, I, he used to play it loud. So, oh, I, you know, be, you could hear his music throughout the entire house, you mm. know. Some days it'd be Limp Bizkit, other days Justin Timberlake, Daniel Bedingfield, Seal... Big mix. Uh, Josh Stone, like just Ooh, yeah. a real, real mix. Mm. Even level 42. He used to love level 42. So he, he comes home with this album and uh, I, I can't for the life of me remember the tracks on it. He comes home with the album. I, I, if I remember, the, the movie came out yeah. the same year. 
So he came home with the album and he came home with, with, uh, with the movie. And I think I was only around, I must, oh man, that must, well, it must have been around late 90s, early 2000s. It was definitely early 2000s. Around that sort of time. I think it was like around 2001, 2003. Right. So, so we would have been like, what, about eight, eight, nine eight years, years old? old. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. And eight here, years. I didn't even understand the album. No, like, I didn't either. I didn't know what it meant. I didn't know. I, I didn't like I didn't, kill no. bats and sausage and all that. I was like, I don't, is that like a, like a Savloy? Yeah, like, I, I, no, I, 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 I really, I, I had no idea, as neither did you. So, but I just knew that I liked it because uh, there was a lot of different uh, tempos in that album, if yeah. you recall. And they were changing constantly. Right. Uh, there's some really cool guitar licks in that, and I think yeah. Kyle Gass is, and I know kind of part of a joke of a band is, but Jack like overshadows him, but mm. he's a really great guitar yeah. player. Yeah, he's, he's a really great good. Um, and you remember like a few years after when the Pick of Destiny came out? <laughs> I, it, I, I had so many mixed reviews, but I really liked it. It was a great movie. It was a great movie. I watched that a lot. I watched that a lot, that movie. I think I wore out my DVD. <laughs> yeah. Like it because it was just so funny to me. So I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even think now about if a new movie comes out. I would not think, oh, when's it going to be released on DVD? I never go down that route no. anymore. You just you, you go, you watch it in the cinema, and then when it comes onto, you know, uh, iTunes, I would just download it on my yeah. laptop if I yeah. really wanted it. Absolutely. Or you wait till it's on Netflix or something. I, I, I wouldn't go and buy a DVD now. Absolutely. I, I've got a little thing about this though and this we, we, oh my god tangents into tangents I knew this wouldn't be a 20 minute podcast <laughs> <laughs> it takes a long time fine. for people to commute they can listen to all of it yeah yeah this is fine um, but here's the thing right and it, it, this is uh, something I've been discussing with, with a few nerd friends of mine um, once the streaming services shut down mm. what will happen to your products in, in terms of like who, how would you get them or, you or get who them? owns it? So, you know, you've bought, this is just an example for the, you know, yeah. just throw one out there. You've bought a, uh, a virtual copy of Avengers Endgame. Okay, yeah. You know, and next year, uh, Amazon goes into liquidation. This won't happen. <laughs> Don't worry. Amazon is probably one of the most powerful co- uh, companies mm. in the world right now. But if it does, if it does, and um, and they cease to be a company, what comes next? What happens? What to replaces your it? What happens to your product? It's interesting, but it's kind of the same with YouTube as well. If, you, if yeah. obviously, if YouTube is a you know, pe- people stream stuff, they premiere stuff on YouTube. Mm. And even like with teaching and stuff, going back to teaching, because you, if you post a vid- video on YouTube and that's how you get students or that's how you reach people on the other side of the world. Yeah, and absolutely. then you can obviously fund yourself through Patreon or whatever. Yeah. What will come after that? Where? What happens? What but, happens? But then I was reading, I'm not sure if this is right because I thought this happened a few years ago. I remember Jack White saying about it in, a, in an interview, but um, Rolling Stone put a, an article out this week saying that vinyl is just about to overtake CDs in, in sales now. Yeah. And I was like, did that happen ages ago? Yeah. I was like, I don't know why, why Rolling Stone are suddenly reporting that. I think that happened like 2012. Yeah. Cause yeah. I, I, I know that because that was um, when, no, 
Yeah, 2012. Yeah. When Jack White put um, Blunderbuss out, yep. his first album, and I'm sure that was the year yep. that the sale of vinyls overtook CDs. Yeah. Or maybe it dipped again and, now, and CDs went over and now vinyls yeah. are going yeah. over, I'm not sure. I mean, the, the, these figures are always fluctuating anyway. But that is definitely a thing, that, that, that vinyl is now more prolific. Prolific? Prolific. Prolific. We're going for we're peripheral. <laughs> 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 South Park's a great program, by the way. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I'm not kidding. It is a great program, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm digging. Um, yeah, it's it's it fluctuates constantly. It fluctuates constantly. But it, but even then, we look at the streaming services, like sort of sharing this marketplace. And I believe I read somewhere. Uh, I'm sure your listeners will probably sort me out if I'm wrong, but I believe I read somewhere that this year is the first year that Spotify has broken even. Not made profit, That's broken even. How insane is that? Well, you just assume they were always in profit. Yeah, you would, because they're, because they're everywhere. And because it's quite notorious that the artists get paid point not not five yeah. or whatever it is of the actual yeah. songs. Yeah. Um, and then so many artists resisted going on it for so long. Yeah. And I, I remember a few years ago when the Beatles went on Spotify for the first time. And everyone was like, oh my god, the Beatles are now on Spotify. This is, this is <laughs> like the new Yeah. The new big thing they have on Spotify. Yeah. It was crazy. Well the same thing happened with Tool recently. Oh yeah, like obviously the new Tool album. Yeah. What do you yeah. think of it? Well, I've, I've only heard the single. I don't. Is, is the whole album out yet? The whole album is out now. I haven't heard the whole album. I've only heard the single. It's good. It's a good album. Yeah. It's a good album. But it, the, the thing, I think what happened was with this album, and I think this happens quite a lot with, with quite a lot of media, is that people hype and hype and hype and hype and hype. Mm. And it can never meet their expectation. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So what I've actually been telling to people that haven't listened to it yet is don't listen to it. Not yet. Like Wait, get over the initial hype yeah. and then give it a chance. Wait until everyone don't don't even look at opinions, no reviews, don't look at memes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so every, every, everyone's, a, everyone's a critic on the internet. Yeah. And they don't like I was reading um somebody on I don't know if it was like Loudwire or some sort of music uh, online website. And someone was absolutely trashing Kiss because it's <laughs> their, because it's Kiss's farewell tour, but they said eighteen years ago they were going to do a farewell tour and now they're doing another one, but they were saying because there's, um, you, you know how um you can go watch, um uh, I think Ronnie James Dio was doing it and and you go and watch a hologrammed image right so like some of the band are still alive or they get right. new players so it's real players. But it's doing it to a backing track of Dio's vocals. I mean, it's right. a hologram of Ronnie James Dio on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're saying, this is what Kiss are going to do next. <laughs> and so Kiss will never die because apparently once, like, the Kiss we know, um, you know, mortally, yeah, they yeah. die. There's yeah. going to be uh, the Brazilian Kiss band, the, the Argentinian Kiss band, and all these different countries will have their own national Kiss band. <laughs> and then you're going to get, you know, the holograph. Hologram Kiss Band and, and all this stuff, and because yeah, it's the yeah, makeup, yeah, yeah. it's so iconic looking. Like okay, if you have say um, like Mick Jagger only looked like Mick Jagger. Yeah, but even the members of Kiss, so um, like they've gone through. Uh, I think, to my knowledge, at least three drummers. So you had Peter Chris. Yeah. 
<laughs> Eric Carr and Eric Singer. And all of them, I think actually once Eric Carr was like a fox for a while, but the majority of the time he's always been the cat, cat man. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's an iconic image that yes. will last and, and stand the test of time. Yeah. What I was actually going to go with this is, um, going back to your point about Spotify and, and how we consume our media now, with teaching, like, if you want to learn something new, so say, whether you're posting it as a teacher on YouTube, which I know you've got plans for as well. Yes. Or if you are just looking at, well, how does somebody teach this topic? How do they explain it best? Yeah. What do you, what do, you do and what do you look at? So you're not going to go out and buy a DVD of it. No, you're just going to go online. No. You're going to yeah. go onto YouTube and you're going to see, well... What's available. Yeah. What's available. A lot of the times now, I know kind of in the online drum community, mm. there's um, stuff like mikeslessons.com, which is an online streaming service mm. and they have live online drum lessons or yes. live online guitar lessons. Yeah. So, Wherever it is in the world, they say in this time zone, yep. um, these days of a week, you pay twenty pounds a month, and you can subscribe yep. to this. Yeah, and like I, I know the Mike's lessons. Mike Johnston is a is a great drummer, great educator, mm -hmm. a really big influence. Mike, he sits in California. He's got his own studio. He records it. His wife is there doing the sound for him. It's a really legitimate operation, mm -hmm. and he's got someone like I think it's about a hundred thousand subscribers to Mike's lesson. So, so, and Jeez. I mean, going into dollars now, but he's got a hundred thousand subscribers, paying twenty dollars a month. Yeah. It's basically times that by twenty. Yeah. So do you think? <laughs> so, so do you think, with that in mind, that actual instrumental teachers, if if you're a one-on-one -on -one guitar tutor, do you think that you're going to be obsolete in a few years? I don't think so. And here's why: when you're having a lesson with someone over the internet or watching a YouTube video, nobody's going to tell you if that's right or wrong. You know what I mean? You're, you're not streaming your content back to that, that teacher that's streaming to you. But you can. Can you? Well, they're doing a thing. this happen? So they're doing... Oh, like, God. Like, <laughs> like, like Mike Johnson, he'll be like, okay, so here's a video. So this week... Uh, so this month, and he does like monthly assignments, monthly homework. So we're like, mm. okay, this week we're doing... Um, whatever topic it is, it doesn't matter. This mm -hmm. is the topic of the week. Everyone's got to take the topic um, and, and then send it back to me and I look at all of them and I will wow. give you individual feedback. And he genuinely does it. That is impressive. He's a machine. Um, How does he do that? I want, I want tips. I want lessons off of him now. <laughs> it's like he's one of the best educators. He actually did a TED talk and it was um, the art of explanation, which is, ah. that was like my cornerstone when I did my PGCE. Yeah. And it is this... Um, you know, say so you've got a five-year-old student, a 15-year-old student, and a 50-year-old student. And mm. I've been in this situation, yeah. and, and it's really weird. I remember doing these drum lessons back-to-back, -back and I had... Actually, it was a six, and I think it was around 16, 17, and a 60-year-old. Mm -hmm. And I'd just get him a... Boots, cats, boots, yep. cats. Yep. Like really yep. basic drumming. And I'm like, well, yep. how do I explain this to a kid to make it, going back to what you said, entertaining, mm -hmm. yeah. then going back to a teenager who kind of wants to be seeing it as a cool thing, yeah, and then someone who is in, in, with this particular student who was 60 and felt like they were past their prime and unable to do this yes. and lack of confidence. Yeah. But you've got to translate that same lesson in, into three different languages. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, there may be people out there that, that, that are definitely able to, to stream a lesson out there. And then they're also able to review their students' progress over, over video or 
however, yeah. however they're doing it. Uh-huh. But to me, I still think that as a, you know, uh, as as a as a as a tutor that works either one to one or in, in groups of students, I still think that there are things that I can do, such as offering my humour to the to the lesson or yeah. other practical elements that I can add to the lessons in order to give them more value for okay. their money. You know, uh, I think building on that as well, there's a certain sort of. Um, especially maybe with some younger students there's a pastoral care element that does go with it because there there's a certain trust like you're let's just assume you've got you know a 10 year old kid and mm-hmm. he's there's a class of 30 people and he's got one kid in that class who can play guitar yeah so like you know not to obviously but you just it's a yeah, no, I, person, I know, I know but, what you mean. but you know he's got skills that nobody else has got he can do stuff that nobody else can do in his class mm-hmm. and you're the person who's given him those skills so he holds you in this um, this position of trust and, and yeah. power and he looks up to you so he might actually say well you know these are some problems I'm having in my life and he's going to go to you yeah, as, yeah absolutely as so I'm, there it is I'm offering that student more value you know and uh, it, there's uh, there's actually a, I was in a situation with uh, one of my group sessions mm. a little while ago where um, one student was was learning things particularly quickly Compared to the other students, it was a stu- it was a class of five students, mm-hmm. I believe. And I know you've probably experienced this that you, you can't move on until everyone's got it. Right. Okay. You know. Yeah. So what I then did, uh, the, the the these these students were quite quite young. So uh, due to my research into what the kids are into Fortnite. <coughs> uh, <laughs> I knew that I could make a game for them in, a, in the middle of our lesson based off of whatever video games they were playing. So I came up with a, with a, a game called Infection. Okay. And the way it works is that if you have the knowledge, you know, so whether it's a new chord or a new scale or... Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter what it okay. is that person is infected. And the infected person's job is to infect everyone else. So in the end, you've got, okay. ch- you've got students teaching each other. Nice, so you're encouraging peer learning. Absolutely. They're and building bonds between each other. Absolutely, and, the, and they're also having fun doing it. And on top of that, I, I know you've, you've, you've seen this research as well, people, uh, there's the, the sort of different tiers of, of retention when you're learning something. So the first tier of when you're retaining a certain amount of information is just reading it. And then you're only going to retain about, I'm guessing the numbers here, I'm afraid, I don't have them right in front of me, but let's say 5%, you're okay. going to remember out of that. Right. And then, you know, the next stage from there, you're going to do it practically. Mm. You're only going to remember 40% of that. Again, I'm, I'm pulling these numbers out of thin air, so uh, if, you're, if your listeners uh, <laughs> don't mind that, then you No, know, but I get your me. meaning, it's like a, a, a yeah. very small amount, a medium amount, and then... Absolutely, and the, the, the highest retention rate is when you're teaching someone else that material. Well, and I'm going to absolutely butcher this, but the the, <laughs> Al- the Albert Einstein quote, which is, um, you don't fully understand something until you can teach it to someone. Yeah. Oh, no, it came out okay, actually. I was like, I'm going to yeah. trip over this. I'm proud of you. But I was gonna, <laughs> <laughs> well, in my mind, I didn't know the words that I was going to say, but I knew the quote in that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, here we go. You know, you know the flow, but not the... Not I was the just like, when you teach it, 
person and that person learns and you you understand more yeah I, I thought that was how it was going to come now out. you're teaching it to me you know 70 percent or whatever it is but yeah. i think it's true and it, it was funny when i really started teaching drums which was uh 2015 i think mm -hmm. it was yeah i was suddenly like whoa this is really it made me more self-aware i guess yeah um because you be you do something and they say, Well why'd you do it that way? And you think well, that's the way I got taught. Well yeah. actually why do I do it that way? Is yeah. that the way I want to yeah. teach you? Or is Absolutely. there something that's gonna benefit you more? Yeah. You know. Absolutely. I um, know exactly what you mean. And it, and it's amazing how much <laughs> you can influence your students musically as well. Yes. Um I was really fortunate growing up that um my drum teacher, Rob Mason, who's actually gonna be a guest on the show really soon. Ah, uh, so he he's like a very old school drummer. Mm -hmm. He grew up uh, like playing in bands in the sixties and got to tour all over. Uh, he's he's actually just done like some gigs with Robert Plant as well. Mm. Um, so he's like, like a, a legitimate like you know mm. drummer. Mm -hmm. But I just came to him at uh, eleven years old and I was like, I want to play Black Sabbath. I want to <laughs> I want to be this hard rock yep. hitting drummer. And he was like, Yeah, that's cool. Like we can do that, but. Have you heard of Motown? Do you know what Stax is? And I was like, no, I've, I've never been exposed to mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. And so he just, he showed me this, this encyclopedia of music that I just never knew existed. And it was amazing. Yeah. And like, yeah, you can still be that Black Sabbath player. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But in the back of your mind, and hopefully coming out and you're playing, you've got these other influences and, and they help in different situations. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But, but you have that power as a teacher yeah. to impart that knowledge. And even just... I mean, I'm not saying you've got to sit there and teach them, like, whatever, like, Smokey Robinson. Um, <laughs> Mustang and Sally. Like, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, but just making them aware of it, and then they can choose to explore it if they want to. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I remember he showed me a, a, a lot of different artists, um, but I really, really clung to Otis Redding. Mm. And I, I think it was about, I don't know, 14 maybe? Yeah. And just, it was when, so we've been, like, playing together a couple of years, and mm. um, I say enough that you could, kind of get the basics and you can you can listen to a song and you can pick it up and you mm. can physically play a lot of it and it was like okay so um you can do that well here's this stuff now and like hearing otis redding do his version of respect and like sitting on the dock of a bay and i was like this is just so cool yeah yeah this yeah music yeah. Is amazing. yeah yeah but as this like all my friends were into rock music and metal music and mm -hmm. that was what we all listened to that was all what we wanted to be yeah and then I'm suddenly like, going to be like, oh, I like Otis Redding. And I'm like, who? It's like, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. it, it's so crazy now, because I know guys who have, have the opposite upbringing, where they were brought up on Otis Redding, but yeah. they don't know anything about um, rock players yeah. or rock music. So I think that definitely your early teachers can shape you so much yeah, absolutely. for the rest of your career. Absolutely. Um, but I think as well, remaining a practitioner as we obviously both do in, yes. in, in gigging in different bands yes. and um, in different projects, you're still being current in the industry. Yep. Which is also important, which is also very important. I, I, and this is part of the, uh, the, I guess it's kind of links in with the whole value thing we were just talking about with, with, with having a, a, a proper teacher mm. in person, is that we can also share our experiences. Yeah. And I, I also do believe that as a teacher, that is very important for us to do, mm. is, is to share the reality of, 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 of being a musician. Not that we should put off our students, it's not like that at all, but it's, 
I feel like if we don't give them that dose of reality, uh, they maybe don't quite understand how hard they have to work so can to you, achieve what goals are. And this is why I, uh, you know, trying to pull back the veil a little bit, can you kind of give an example of where maybe you grew up with a preconceived notion, but what the yeah. actual reality is, being a, a musician? So one, one thing that, uh, that really sort of threw me off um, was... Well, it wasn't really throwing me off. I, I don't, I don't really know what quite words, what words to use here, really. But it was actually how much networking you have to do, and how much paperwork there actually is involved. And by paperwork, I mean things like emails and, yeah. you know, admin work. Being self-employed. Yeah, it's like it's a doing lot. Doing your tax yeah. returns and, and claiming for yeah. stuff. Yeah, it is a lot of work. You know, you and you, you, you spend the majority of your time as a musician doing that. Mm. And you know, but t typically the vision of musician is is sold as, as something that you know, oh, you're always on the road and you're mavericks and you know, right, no one can touch us. No one can touch us, and you know, and the fact of the matter is, you know, I, I'm I'm on I'm on the train on, on the way to a gig, and I'm answering an email yeah. to a student saying like, oh yeah, you're booked in for next week, or that's a reality, you know, isn't and it? that 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 is the reality, and it's. And that is important, but that doesn't mean that we have all the lows. We're not we're not boring people. No, know? but I, I think that's how you make your own work, isn't it? Because if you don't send those emails, if you do, like those students aren't going to come and, and schedule you in. No, you have you to. You got to reach out to them. Yeah. Same with the gigs and that. Like you got to go find your gigs. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm hoping to do an interview actually soon with that we were talking about him earlier with Tim Smart, who, who's um, he plays trombone in the Book of Mormon, mm -hmm. and it's really funny because these these guys though and, and I got to go and watch the show and go over pit and talk to mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. and like but you know they've spent years and years and hours and hours of practice getting to this point <laughs> but then you end up playing the exact same show every single night and yeah. it's so glamorous oh my god you're a west end yeah performer a west yeah. end musician yeah it is amazing it pays well you can oh, yeah. get great gigs but and uh, this isn't something Tim has said but I've, I've spoken to other people around that yeah, and they've said it, it's a little soul destroying yeah, because you're playing the same cheesy numbers and like you know yeah. this isn't just like Book of Mormon. I mean it's great music. You know mm -hmm. the guys who mm -hmm. wrote that are amazing, mm -hmm. but you know like it's the same laughs every night and like myself who has done cruise ship work, mm -hmm. you know it's the same. It's a lot of the same stuff I think. Yeah, absolutely. Mind you, saying that in a touring band, your set list is going to be pretty much the yeah. same night to night. Set list is going to be the same. But yeah. I think definitely as you touch on the. The reality is very different, but I think it has to be. Like I grew up listening to Motley Crue and watching those videos of that, and it became very apparent to me in my teenagers, in in my teenage years. I yeah, I'm not going to be on heroin. Yeah, fingers crossed. Well, no, <laughs> touch wood. Touch wood. Yeah. <laughs> like, like growing up, like I idolized Nikki Six and, and Tommy Lee, and yeah. like when I read the Dirt, their autobiography, I was yeah. like, oh my god, these these guys were insane. How yeah. are they still alive? Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you, I found this, and I'm not sure if you'd agree or not, that there's still some musicians out there who, who think we have to do that, and it solidifies yeah. you as a, as this kind of eternal oh, yeah. rock star yeah. god. If you go Absolutely. out and get smashed, and mm -hmm. I mean, we were talking about this before, like this expectation to go out and get drunk, yeah. and if you want to do that, fine and cool, whatever it's your life, but just doing it yeah. for the sake of it because you think, yeah. That's what's expected yeah, of you. That's, absolutely. I think that's sort of rubbish. Absolutely. Well, it is. It is a lot of rubbish. 
it is a lot of rubbish because all that's going to happen here is and I've, I've, I've spoke to people that this happened to they'll, they'll go out on a, a, a networking night and they'll have one too many drinks and they won't actually get any networking done they won't meet anyone yeah they won't do anything they just sit there and or, or maybe they'll they'll leave or they'll stumble home whatever and all that happens the only thing they've achieved is the next day they've woken up and they're miserable yeah and because they've got a headache and a few quid lighter as well yeah um, absolutely starting to wrap up a little bit now but I yeah. want to get your take on networking a bit so for people who are listening out here who, who are maybe musicians trying to break into into bands musical projects mm-hmm. whatever it is what would be your top tip if you went to a networking event or even just at a gig where there's lots of musicians around okay what would you do in okay. that scenario get yourself known to get the gig you want so you know first thing first thing obviously smile mm, okay for god's sake you're doing the best job in the world smile <laughs> enjoy it you know like and have an idea of what your end goal is have your end goal in mind because it's it's so easy i mean Look, look, look at us here, even this podcast. We've gone through so many tangents, and this isn't me you know, speaking badly, but if you, was, if you was to go to a networking night, yeah, and you didn't have a plan in mind, you didn't know what you were actually networking for. You just do anything. You just do anything. Yeah. You go, what, what actually happens is you end, up, you end up talking yourself out of a job. Because you just you talk yeah. about different stuff rather it, than you're actually like, exactly. hey, I really liked your music. I'm a guitar player. If you need someone... Like, here's my business card. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. your end yeah. goal that's it. to get that's, that gig. That's it. That's all you need to say. Because if you turn up, you, if you, you, you could go up to someone and say, like, oh, hey, you know, I'm, interested, I'm, I'm a guitar player. I love your music. I'm mm. going to work for you. La, 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 la. Oh, yeah. I also do some teaching on the side. Right. Guess what? You just talk yourself out of the job. Because he doesn't care. It, all, all you, what you've just told him is that you don't have time to commit to that. Yeah. That's what you've just told him. Why? Go in there with a plan and be very, stick to your guns on that plan. Don't deviate from that plan. There'll be other opportunities. Don't deviate from that plan. Stick to it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, hopefully, it doesn't always work out that way, but hopefully you can come out with there with exactly what you're looking for. Is that I a think, good tip? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think that's definitely what what I was after just to get to, yeah, to give people like because that term networking is just it's thrown around so much now yeah yeah. And we don't always know what it is or what it means I think because a lot of it's, the times like you said people are like oh it means we go have beers and I talk to people yeah. it's like it's partly partly yes but you, you have to go and you smile plan. you can be generous buy someone a beer and then it's I think it's kind of etiquette like if someone buys you a drink you are then standing and talking to that person. You don't just go somewhere else. Yeah, you don't. You don't just kind of go. Oh yeah, cheers, mate. Wander off. Well, that's such a good <laughs> yeah. and, and like obviously, I'm not endorsing people to go and get smashed for the sake of it. But that was a tip that really got given to me, which was like, you know, you can actually network a lot in a pub, and you you, you don't have to drink. You can just stammer with a coke or a water or whatever. Just yeah. offer to buy someone a drink, smile like you said. You've got that generosity. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to do it. Just don't be miserable and enjoy the process. <laughs> basically definitely that's how it works uh, okay so final question for you mm-hmm. um, in uh, actually no two questions one I wanted to to talk about earlier when you talked about being entertaining mm-hmm. how do you stop yourself becoming the clown yeah. that they laugh at and yeah. don't take notice of as opposed to the quirky teacher yeah. who they do take notice of so the, the, the biggest sort of the way I make that uh, appreciation is 
typically the humor that I tend to use in my lessons uh, is is just sort of stemmed off of what I'm actually teaching. I'm not just standing there cracking jokes. Right. Okay. You so there's I mean? a purpose to it. It's a purpose to it. Yeah. So wh whether it's whether it's uh, based on an analogy. Mm. Or you know maybe it's a small anecdote or something like that. Just just something. Essentially, the purpose of it is that you're then going to walk away, and the idea is is you know you're going to be able to tell that joke to someone else, and then it will kind of click into place. Yeah. Because it will be like oh you know uh, for 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 example uh, one specific chord on, on the guitar uh, the, which uses all four fingers. Okay. Uh, and they're, they're sort of separated by a lot of the strings. It's a, it's a G major chord. If everyone, if anyone wants to Google it, <laughs> uh, it's a G major chord. But what I will tend to do is I'll say, okay, then, well, you know, live long and prosper. Oh, you do the you do the Star Trek. I do the Star Trek okay. thing. Live long and prosper. So, and then I hammer that in. So every time I ask, I go like, okay, so now we're going to do I don't know a test. Let's say, play me a G chord. And they go at, to begin with because they're just getting it together in their heads. They go like. Uh, 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 and I go live long and prosper and they go ah so okay. as soon as you put your hand up you make that symbol that absolutely. association absolutely like, oh you mean this and yeah then absolutely so it's, so it's I'm not just sitting there cracking jokes I'm not sitting there being a clown it's it's I'm actually using humour most of it's really silly humour anyway because I'm teaching kids I can't yeah. I can't go in there with the, no, the hardcore stuff you know what I mean I can't I can't make tenacious G jokes yeah, you know? just like crack out a dead baby. Joke yeah, yeah, I can't. Too well. I yeah. can't crack him with that. But <laughs> you know, <it's, laughs> maybe some of the older students okay. Maybe the next podcast, how to get fired from a teacher. <laughs> yeah, part two. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> but you know, um, and, and in the end, they can then take that away. And some, I've even noticed some of them even writing the joke instead of writing the chord, they'll write the joke. Live long and prosper. Live long and prosper. And they're like. Yeah. That's what that is. And they get it. Yeah, absolutely. And every every time I, I will then ask for that chord, they'll repeat the joke to me. Yeah. Because they remember it. It's like an in-joke. I've built that relationship with my student then. And then they trust me more. So if I'm teaching them some more abstract content, maybe, you know, this is how you connect two scales together, let's say, which is a pretty vast subject. Like, mm. you know, how many ways is there to... How long is a, is a length of string? Well, that's how many ways you can you can put scales into something, you know, it's, right. it's a little bit. So for things like that, they trust me more. Right. You know, so it's building that relationship. It's building that relationship up. And that, that's the idea behind it. Okay. That's the idea behind it. Cool. I like that. Cool. So, so, that, so <laughs> final question, top three, uh, bands, artists, or all guitar players that have influenced you the most. Oh boy. You already I know. know. I wanted you to check know. <laughs> you already know who, who my number one's going to be, right? I'm, yeah, I think I know. Okay, so my number one is going to be Richie Cox. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I love Richie. Okay. I love Richie. Richie's the man. Richie, Richie Cotton, so he's your number one guitar player. He's my number one influence. of all time. Okay, so that's number one. Yeah, so number two, bit of, bit of, bit of an obscure one. It sort of shows my nerdy traits. Okay. It's a, it's a Japanese guitarist called Jun Sunu. Okay, I've never heard of Jun Sunu. Yeah, so Jun Sunu used to be the musical composer for Sega. Oh, okay, yeah. wow, that's pretty so cool. So if anyone's played any uh, Sonic, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog games from the early 90s, like yeah. Sonic Adventure, right, he yeah. did the soundtrack for that. Uh, oh, and he cool. also worked with my favorite vocalist called, uh, his name is Johnny Gioelli, mm -hmm. who okay. sings for Hardline, actually Rudy Pearl, and obviously, uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if they still work for Sega, but he did do the singing 
for all that stuff as well. Cool. Uh, so yeah, Jun Sunu. Uh, for him, it's because his style was very unorthodox. Okay. And uh, I, 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 guarantee, I guarantee you that if I sent you some of his stuff, you'd be like, oh yeah, I can hear you playing in that. Because I right. just listened to it a lot. And so a lot that's how it's come out of you. Yeah, a lot, yeah. Of, uh, a lot of my weirder traits as a guitarist, like for, for, for example, there's a, there's a certain bending technique that I use that uh, someone once described it as, it sounds like a, a, a child having a tantrum. Uh, but, <laughs> but in a good way, of course. A, a, musical, a musical tantrum. Uh, <laughs> sounds like my stage show. No, but, uh, <laughs> but you do have weird guitar tra uh, yeah. traits as a guitar. Like, I, and I, I really want this nickname to catch on. I might put it in the title and description of this, but you're, I always call you the UK's answer to Martin McFly. <laughs> But it's so true. Oh no, I, Jack I was, Black and Martin McFly. I was, oh. actually, I was actually talking to um, uh, Ben at, at Facilities. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was saying to me, I mean, we, he was like, oh, I know what you mean, because he said he saw you, and I was like, oh, like, Martin McFly. <laughs> and I, I want to get you the, um, well, we want to get you the... The, the red jacket. Yeah. The jacket. Or what does he call it? The life preserver? The life preserver. That's what he wants to get. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. okay, so, and your, and your third yeah. top so favourite... My third, now this is, this is where it starts to get tough because this is the one that is constantly changing. Okay. Um, because, you know, I have to, I have to re reserve, a, uh, reserve a spot for whoever I'm really into at the time. So at the moment, I'm loving John Mayer. Okay, that's fair. Cow and John Mayer. But as I say, my third spot is changing every week. That's you fair. Know? So, but yeah, at, at the moment, John Mayer's the guy. No, I like it. Some really diverse choices. Man. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, um, thanks so much for being part of the show. Um, was there anything you wanted to plug? Sort of like any websites, Facebook, okay. anything like that? So, a mm, couple of things, but I need to pick. Uh, at, just like networking, you have to be able to pick your message. Okay. You know? I can't walk out of here and... and, uh, and we can do like a few takes. Or a few takes, takes, maybe? Maybe, no, okay, take. sure. <laughs> no, so, not going to. <laughs> yeah, take the best one. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I am obviously a, a teacher based in London, a guitar teacher. So, if anyone is looking for a guitarist or a guitar teacher, <coughs> you gotta uh, come speak to me on Instagram. Uh, my follower handle, follower handle, follower handle. My handle. It's always door just handles you keep carrying around with you. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I just carry anyone that likes me. I just, you know, I carry them. I need, I need the support. Uh, Sure, we're gonna run with that. Cool. Uh, at Ryan Wilson Guitar. At Ryan Wilson Guitar. At Ryan Wilson okay. Guitar. Uh, just drop me a DM. Cool. I don't bite. And Best way to contact you then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and, and if, uh, if you can also send me a musical meme as a way of saying hello, or, uh, or even a meme of Obi-Wan saying hello there, we're gonna be instantly friends. <laughs> so, <laughs> great. Um, I, and we nearly made it the entire hour without doing a Star Wars. It, it was gonna happen. I was very heavily debating. Oh, how far are we? We oh, we, we did an just hour. Hit an hour. We hit an hour, and I was yeah. like, oh, dude, we did an hour without talking about Star Wars. <laughs> this was too much. And I was genuinely gonna do a start the broadcast with that. Hello there. I was so close. But even and I love what we can do is like when we. Uh, Saturday night when we went to the Porter House and, and I was asking, I was like, I said a vegan burger. She was like, oh, I, don't know. I was like, I find your lack of faith disturbing. I was so <laughs> proud of that joke and the fact that you were there with me just made. Oh, it's the best. Anyway, thank you so much for coming and, and chatting, talking about teaching, music, guitar, and mm -hmm. all the rest of it. And yeah, I'm sure we'll have you on the on the podcast again about getting fired as a teacher. Thanks, <laughs> 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 <Exactly>. man. <laughs>
children pay. The children pay. Oh no no. Control.